0: Welcome to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William, featuring award-winning financial advisor and former host of the Sunday Money Show, News Talk 1010, Paul Baracca and his associate advisor, William Baracca. Creating and keeping wealth does not need to be complicated. Paul and William will cut through confusing and contradictory financial advice to give you the real facts to help you invest better and enjoy a worry-free retirement. The views and opinions expressed in this video may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Securities Corporation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions.
1: And welcome back, everyone. Hope everyone had a great summer listening to reruns of Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William. Now we're back live. I'm sure that's what they did all summer. Yes, (laughs) and we are announcing, this is episode number 37 of Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William. I'm Paul Bureka. I'm William. And we're here to talk about, we're changing what we're doing in terms of, of Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William. Before today, we had shorter episodes of about 10 to 15 minutes each. We didn't think it really gave us enough time to get into the topic, to get into a little bit more meat on each topic. So what we're doing now moving forward is changing. We're going to move to 25 to 30 minutes per episode and doing them every second week. So we can spend more time getting involved with these very, very critical uh, issues to help you moving forward. The other thing we want to do is, you know, I was thinking about this. and Finances, your finances are almost like are very personal. It's Like your health, there's not too many more. Those are probably the two most personal issues people have in their financial situation. So we thought, you know what? Let us tell people more about us personally. I mean, we take on clients sometimes for decades. Very personal affair, and it's important for us to get to know our clients personally because that allows us to make better decisions and help them out more. And we think it's just important they get to know us better. So we're going to start today by talking about William and I and our personal journeys, our background, why we're in this business, um, what challenges we had along the way, and so forth. Moving forward, we're going to talk about things like what we actually do for our clients and why those are critical. And by the way, the things we do that most people think are critical are not the most critical other things are. And we'll move into further episodes down the road. So today, uh, let's get started. Again, I want to talk about us, you and me, when why we got started in this business. And two completely different stories, really, of course. And I got started after spending about 10 years in the property management business. I managed office buildings and industrial buildings. And part of it I liked, part of it I didn't like. But one of the things I was involved a lot there was dealing with the numbers behind it, the valuations of the buildings, how you came to valuations, looking at the depreciation, the cash flow. And um, I actually liked that. It was kind of fun. I think I was a little unusual in that respect. And then when real estate went down the toilet in 1990, of those of you who are old enough to remember, I look for something else to do. And I found I found this area that I really wasn't that familiar with. And that's being a financial advisor. And someone came in from my home one night and dealt with my pension. I go, wow, this sounds like something really cool. You get to talk with really neat people. You get to help them out and, and, and their finances and so forth. I says, I think I'm going to do that. And by the way, just to let you know a story, um, I had a client we took on, Oh, five, six years ago. I don't, it doesn't matter the timelines and the, it was either the second or third meeting that that client came in and they sat down on the couch that I had. And before I said anything, the first thing they said, and I believe it was the wife, she says, Paul, I just want to let you know how much more comfortable we are just knowing that things are taken care of, that things are in its place and we have a path to move forward. And boy, you know, that felt really, really good. And I think that's the essence of it. I've had other, yeah, you know, some of the other things that really had a big impact on me are when people call me out of the blue, clients call me out of the blue and talk to me about per- personal situations they're having in their family and ask for advice, whether it's with their kids, their parents, whatever. And that's to me, that gives me a huge sense of satisfaction letting know that I did something that i really really like doing so that's a lot of for me how i got involved in this business william i mean your story is a bit different obviously maybe you want to share that with our audience
2: absolutely so yeah our stories are quite a bit different paul as you'd expect um you know a lot of this but i studied political science at queen's university and the reason I did that is I was kind of at one point on the path towards law school. Yeah, I and remember. <laughs> that's, and that's not because I had any particular passion for law. but I just didn't know what else to do. Um, so I figured, okay, lawyers make a lot of money. They seem to do somewhat interesting things. So I'll, I'll try that. So I was on the path towards law school, uh, wrote the LSAT and everything. Um, but then something changed one day, and I mean, actually, a bit a bit more background, Paul. Like all my life, my childhood, I'd obviously always kind of knew I knew you were a financial planner, but for the longest time, I didn't know what that was or yeah. what exactly <laughs> yeah. that entailed. Um, I just knew you did stuff with money, and I heard a lot about RSPs around the house, even though I, I didn't know what they were at the time. But it all clicked for me what exactly you did. Uh, when I was in university, and I was just home visiting one weekend, and you came home from work, and I just asked you, how would your day go? And I just remember, I'll always remember your eyes like lighting up and getting this huge smile on your face. And he said, oh, it was great. I met with these really, really nice uh, long-term clients I've been working with for a very long time, 20, 30 years, whatever the time frame was. And you met with them that day, and they, you just helped them along with a plan you told me where they closed finally on their dream Florida uh, vacation home. And you kept telling me how fulfilling it was for you because, again, they're such nice people. They became clients for you, you told me, when they were quite young and didn't have that much at the time. So it was great to
1: see their financial progression. And so That's I- actually it, yes. To see the progression is very satisfying. And you're starting to see that now, I think, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I I don't have quite the depth of experience yet that you do in in that regards, Paul, still being not new, but haven't been in the business 30 years like you, but slowly but surely, yes, I'm seeing more progression. But anyway, so that's when it clicked. Okay, this this seems really cool, um, what you do now that I finally understood it, so... I want to do the same thing. So I talked to you more about exactly what you do in your business. Mm-hmm. Talk to some other people in the industry as well. And how I got into the business was that it wasn't preordained that I would join you. Like I actually worked for another no. independent firm after I graduated uh, yeah. university while I was getting my my licenses and so forth.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted want... you to do that, to go work somewhere else. Yes, yeah. Absolutely.
2: And I I could have gone to work for a bank as well, Uh, that's always an option. But after again, talking to you, talking to other people in the industry, it always seemed right to join you and IPC, just because it allowed me to do what you'd been doing all along really, but just continue on your journey of building an evidence-based financial planning firm. One that does things that are, that have the client's best interests in mind. I've heard horror stories at other places about you know, sales tactics and, and sales quotas and so forth I didn't want that. So this was the right opportunity for me to always do what's best by the client.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, you know, to get into briefly, that's one of the reasons why I joined IPC. I spent about six months looking at different firms before I got the business and none of them really impressed me. Like you say, uh, most of them, okay, you have to bring in this amount of money. There's all these quotas and, and, and targets and uh, very much a dog-eat-dog world. And I met with Chris Reynolds, the president of the firm, who's still the president of the firm. And within about 30 seconds, to me, it was different. It, and their focus is on how to help the planner do a better job. And I've seen that from other people who have left the organization. And I've, I've talked to them and they go, boy, what a different... Uh, feeling it has an ipc ever it's not a dog eat dog world people working together to help the client so i think you hit it the nail on the head there well yeah.
2: now that being said i think we both have challenges over the years clearly there's it's not always a smooth ride but believe it or not paul sometimes working with your dad isn't the easiest thing to do i don't even, no. I what? know i know what? what are you movie, saying here what are you saying i don't know uh no seriously though um it is a bit of a challenge coming in because, again, you've been in this business for so long, Paul. You've had you had a well-established business when I joined it. So it, it always is a bit of not always, but there are challenges in terms of, of, sort of new ideas that I might want to implement. And against such an established business already. And we, we don't always agree. Obviously, that'll never happen. And uh, that's good. And that's yeah, good, that's good. And I also do have to give you credit because you do take my ideas into account. And I've heard horror stories from other um, like junior advisors joining um, joining financial planning firms. And I've heard horror stories from them that the the senior advisor doesn't listen to them at all, just says essentially, this is how I've been doing it for 30 years. Doesn't matter if they've been doing it wrong for 30 years, but just how they've been doing <laughs> it. And, and, and that's not going to change. So, so I got to give you credit in that in that regard. Um, oh, well, thank you. Oh. And just and just like more, a couple more challenges. Um, just getting continuing education along the way. I'm I'm yeah, always trying yeah. to learn. It takes time, but again, I like I said earlier, I I always want to make sure I'm doing right by the client. Um, I know we both have a huge responsibility. In most cases, we're dealing with our clients' life savings here, so I feel. Yeah. A big responsibility uh handling that
1: for them and yeah then yeah minute, don't, yeah go ahead i was just saying you know you've done a, a very good job but that's not what we're here to talk about um we're here to talk about challenges yeah. anything oh. else on the challenge front because i've certainly got a few that i've had over 30 years know. doing this <laughs> La- last one i just wanted to mention
2: is um And I guess this is the difference from working at somewhere like a bank or being an employee for for another advisor. Um, Being a business owner has its own unique challenges. Um, Working long hours, whether it's weekends, nights, um, you have to wear a lot of different hats. You don't have one specific role, you're kind of all over the place. That's been a big challenge as well as I've kind of learned and adapted more. Um, but I think, uh, the positives pay, pay for itself. So I I wouldn't trade it for anything else.
1: So for, for, if I'm looking at the challenges I had a long way, well, the biggest one is when you start in this business, you start with nothing. You don't have a desk. You don't have a client. You've got nothing and you're starting from scratch. And I guess sometimes some people call me like a a bull in a China shop. Uh, at the time I said, look, I got to make this work. I got a family to raise and so forth. And I just did everything to make this thing work. And of course, I'm still learning. You know, the older you get, the more you realize you need to learn. And that's still really the case in this business, especially as it changes. But yeah, starting out, the biggest challenge, starting out from scratch, well, how do we get darn clients? And I memorized, I spent two weeks over the Christmas holidays, memorizing a basic financial planning discussion that I got from Chris Reynolds and I memorized it I had my old VCR sitting down the t- and I I'd, I'd write everything down word for word and I memorized it and then I went out and did seminars and I started doing seminars in public libraries and we'd send 10,000 flyers out this is a long time ago and you get people there and I never forget the first one I had which was at a, at a uh, up near Avenue Road in Wilson and I had about an hour presentation and of course the first time I did it I forgot about three quarters of it so after 20 minutes I was done I'd forgotten half of it but anyway the more you do it the better it got and of course those of you know me then we got involved in uh, we did lunch and learns at in businesses that was fun and then we started doing radio work back in the I think 1997 and that that was a lot of fun and that's really how we grew our business. But again, even that, the challenge is how do we, how do we, how do we communicate to people value and how do we communicate to people how to do things properly? Because there's so much misinformation everywhere in this, but there's so much noise. And if I was not in the business, well, I would be confused. You know, you watch this guy and this guy or this person says this thing, then someone in some other media outlet says the exact opposite. What do you do? So that became really one of the challenges, too, is how can we take take com, often complex issues and simplify them so that, and this has happened a number of times to me, where people say to you, you know what, Paul, thank you so much. I understand this now. I get it. And when someone says that to me, that very much gives me a sense of satisfaction. So, again more challenges as time changes everything changes where you recommend people put their money changes the tax laws changes the products changes the technology changes um we got a lot of help from IPC but again because we're independent unlike someone working at a financial institution a lot of was left up to us for myself and my team at the time and now William of course is a massive help in that area so that's that's really a lot of the challenges we had and it, it never ends because, uh, now with technology, things can change over a few months, take new strategies, new, this, new, the other thing. And we have to, William and I, we have to stay abreast of what's going on and help focus people on what's actually important and to clear out the clutter, the noise it's in our business. I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's been called financial pornography. A lot of the absolute silliness that is in the media today about people talking about financial issues. So that's most of the challenges. And how did, you know, how did my background shape what I do? Well, the, the, you know, I thought about that. Really, the biggest thing is I come from an entrepreneurial family. My father had three businesses since he was very young. His father had a business. His father, (laughs) I never met. He passed away before I was born, my grandfather. He had, in the 30s, an Italian, had a shoe repair shop on Bloor Street. And I'll never forget because my brother still has his own shoe repair knife. But we come from a family of of entrepreneurs. And I guess it kind of stuck on me because I I find it uh, fun. Uh, I don't know if I'd be very suited towards a nine to five type job working with a financial institution or anyone so that's probably the biggest thing in my background that changed and helped uh, uh, you know modify my approach to how I do all this (laughs) anything will that you want to add at this point
2: no just lastly I mean I don't want to end on on somewhat of a negative because I was going over my challenges earlier um, yeah. In spite of all the challenges, it, it has been extremely fulfilling, kind of like what we alluded to earlier, where the story about the family buying the dream vacation home in Florida, which is what kind of inspired me to get in this business. And I see stories like that all the time now working in this business, whether it's parents able to help put their kids through through university without yeah. any debt, sending them or helping them out with a down payment for a home. New retirees taking a big dream vacation um, after they retire, Um, lots of different examples like that, which just makes this one of the most fulfilling jobs I think I could ever have. So it's not without its challenges, but 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 it's really it's a really cool job to have.
1: Yeah, I give uh, our, our listeners. And those watching an example of the financial noise that we see, right? I don't know. I I go for better or worse. I spent some time on Instagram and there's noticing the last six months, there's a whole host of different advertisements for real estate investments projecting 15% a year return, 20% year return, 25% for years. I think another one was 65% return projected over three years. And boy, you're going to hear that. And you're wow, that sounds fantastic. Wow. But people don't realize. I see it immediately. What are you buying? Well, first thing you got to realize, you're buying a piece of land that someone's hoping to build a building on and hoping to make a profit. All of this stuff is speculative, hugely speculative. An easy way to figure out that, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If they're offering projecting 15% return, if returns were so high, why don't they just go to a bank, borrow the money and keep the profit themselves? Well, I can tell you why that doesn't happen. There's only two reasons that I can figure out. One is the project is so risky that the bank would want to charge them such a huge uh, interest rate on the money that much more than the 15% they're projecting it's easier for them to go to the public and say, we'll give you 15%. Cause that sounds like a massive number. Or the second reason is the project is so speculative that no one's willing to give them any money. So, it, you know, the old adage works here. Wonderful. If, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And I'm watching these ads Will, and I'm thinking how many people are thinking oh, this is real estate. Uh, Real estate is easy to make money. Is absolutely. The other thing they don't realize, this is uh, what they call offering memorandum products. And that means your money's tied up for years. If you put your money in this and you can't go back a year later and say, I want my money back. They're going to say, well, no, it's in the project. Maybe you'll get it back another couple of years. We'll see. We'll see when these things sell out, if they sell. So again, this is the type of challenges that I find very satisfying to help people understand better. Understanding what they're doing, the risk of what they're doing, trying to get rid of the noise that is so common right now uh, in terms of financial issues. Because finances are very, very, very uh, personal situation. What's right for you is probably not right for your neighbor, probably not right for your brother, Sam or probably not right for too many other people just like you. So I had to throw that in there because I'm I'm kind of passionate about this, Will. I see these ads and I go, oh my gosh. And by the way, when I say that, I'm not making any type of a a judgment on whether these are good or bad type investments. All I'm stating is they're making a big projection. There's a reason behind it, and this is the reason. So
2: there we go. Anything so, else you want to go over today, Paul? Before we wrap it up?
1: No, I think that's that's pretty good. So again, this is our first episode of our new longer segments. We're going to do every couple, every two weeks, rather than every week. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about. Hey, what do we exactly What do we do for our clients? What do you and I do? Uh, you, me, and Vicky. What do we do for our clients? And why is it super important? And by the way, why are the things that we do, which things are more important? that others, that most people don't realize. In other words, people think, well, there's certain things that we do that are the most important, but it's actually what you don't see and what you don't think that are the real important things. Okay. So with that being said.
2: Thanks, everyone. You can like, uh, share, and subscribe to our show. Or for even more valuable insights, you can visit both of our blogs at uh, westendwealth.com connect with both of us on LinkedIn, or you can uh, follow me on Twitter as well. And you'll find links to all those uh, in in the show notes below. Great. Hey, we'll see
1: everyone in a couple of weeks.
0: This podcast was brought to you by West End Wealth Planning, an award-winning wealth planning practice, catering to small and medium-sized business owners, and to those looking to create a worry-free retirement for themselves and their families. To learn more, go to westendwealth.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.